Welcome to What's Left, a weekly political discussion challenging the mainstream left. Uh, I'm Eduardo Barca with co-host, teacher and socialist Andy Lipson, writer and teacher Jessica, and community organizer and socialist Kenny Cepeda. We're online at what-s-left.webnode.com. Uh, you can find that link on our blog um, and a link to our blog, excuse me, on the episode notes. Uh, please subscribe, rate, review, turn on your notifications and share your favorite episode where we found this episode. Thank you. Uh, let's see. So we'll be discussing today uh, as part of our discussion um, Roe versus Wade, which for the past two weeks have been inundating uh, all of social media as well as all of the internet. Um, I know it's on my feed wherever I'm listening to any podcast, it's everywhere. So I imagine there's a lot to say and we didn't say anything after the draft that was leaked by the Supreme Court uh, here in the USA. So we will uh, see if we can share our thoughts uh, in the enjoying the conversation and share our evolving thoughts on it. Um, I remind folks that if you have listened to us, whether you are new or whether you are, uh, maybe you just didn't want to listen to past episodes, which I don't think you should, I'm kidding, is that you can always check out our previous episodes. We did, Andy and I, when we started this um, channel slash podcast, uh, we did an episode on abortion uh, and, um, our stance on it and uh, women's rights and uh, people's choices. And so we will post that in the episode notes uh, and uh, wherever you found this episode. And, you know, Jessica and Kenny at the time weren't with us. So I hope that in this discussion, they will share their thoughts, their views, their stances, and what maybe it was before. So with that said, let's jump into it. Um, well, I'll, just to say that the, the kickoff for all this news cycle stuff that's going on about uh, Roe v. Wade and abortion rights, just to be clear, was a seemingly leaked um, memo from a Supreme Court justice, I don't remember who it was, who was basically saying, we think we're going to be able to take down Roe v. Wade somehow. You know, I, that, those details were never clear to me. I probably didn't look closely enough. But if anybody knows, that I think was the kickoff, supposed kickoff for this whole, you know, um, I don't know. Theoretical right. thing going on. Yeah, and there's a lot of anti-abortion protests that have been happening. Supporters of abortion rights as well, you know, just gathered outside the Supreme Court. Yeah. Uh, I know in San Francisco when I was biking, <clears throat> it was a, just massive protest over the weekend and lots of uh, just coverage around it. And, you know, and we live here in California. Jessica, you live in, I forget, Idaho. Oregon. Right? Oregon. Oregon. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Well, they well, want to be Idaho in my in my county. <laughs> all right. Well, here in California, you know, the governor Gavin Newsom came out very strongly and said that they will try and add permanent protections for the procedure uh, in the California Constitution. So that's something that I know. I'm just curious what that would look like. And fly out people to states. New York has said that where it's uh, legal to get an abortion. I just wanted to add that we even had a pro-life Spider-Man climb the. Uh, Salesforce Tower in San Francisco, uh, you know, so it's definitely created a, you know, stir among people. Again, supposedly there is public debates about this, and I guess we'll maybe get into it later. But like, for me, this is not even about that topic itself, you know, it, because just like you guys mentioned, it was a leak, right? And we've had many leaks that have. 
served a political purpose and we're just around the corner from an election cycle or we are in an election cycle mm -hmm. essentially and so whenever i hear a leak you know that that's never accidental that's purposeful and placed in a particular context and so for me that's a big part of this conversation and yeah i will be happy to share my thoughts i guess on like the actual you know abortion debate if there should even be one you know um but uh yeah for me that that is the focus it's not so much about like whether it's actually under attack because shit like i, I used to work close to a planned parenthood for years and it, it closed in san francisco what what happened to that you know and, and so that's that's another story should i go or andy you got you want to go no, you should. You, you can go, and, and I do think it's like because there. I think we did two episodes before, and I think maybe I can just say that both Eduardo and I came out in those episodes and said we both support woman's right to choose to decide what she does with her body, with the pregnancy, really at any point in time, and from in my case, any point in time along the first trimester, second trimester, third trimester, it's. It's a, it's something that's happening in a woman's body. She has the right to decide what she's going to do about it. That's my feeling about it. So, and it's connected to the idea that uh, we need a, we want, I want a society where everyone is equal, men, women, immigrant, non-immigrant. And so part of being equal is going to be able to control what happens to your body. Yeah. I mean, I think we're all, we've all professed that we're pro-choice. Uh, you know, previously, like on abortion, not just broadly, but, um, well, I'm going to think how to start. I always hate <laughs> framing statements. Um, I guess, I mean, I want to hear what you guys, you know, think, especially in light of this recent spectacle. Um, yeah. but I, I mean, I think for my part and I'm guessing, I don't know, we'll see if there's kind of disagreement uh among us even though we all do kind of hold that pro-choice foundation um i think the main thing that i'm hoping to kind of get across or like argument that i want to make um is that yes abortion should be legal yes the legality question of it is important um but for my part, especially in light of the past few years, I don't think I don't think legalization is the 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 liberation, you know, that we've been told that it is. So that's kind of the direction I want to go. I mean, I feel like I don't know, I was trying to organize some of my thoughts before we filmed um and I wrote down a few notes and I didn't get very far. But um I feel like in order to have that larger conversation about like is this really about like the legal question and if it's not why not and if it is why I guess but for me I mean I just feel like to kind of contextualize it um and also just I'm like wary of being misunderstood like when I get into some of my views which I know I said a little bit in a previous episode um you know I mean I'm pro-choice I think abortion should be entirely legal yes during any trimester at any point and i think like 
what a society what a society criminalizes says a lot about that society, right? So it's not that I don't think the issue of abortion is important. Um, with like this recent thing, I totally agree with Kenny. Like, it's a spectacle. I think we all know it's a spectacle. It's it's just like an attempt to weaponize so-called reproductive rights to gain votes I think um and like I mean yeah like we there's a lot of leaks in different contexts but I mean there there's never been a supreme court um opinion drop leaked ever this is the first one and so from my part like pretty much from the get-go I was like Eh, it doesn't sound good but I mean come on like are we really supposed to believe that this is this just happens to be the one, like the first one that leaks just happens to be this one. And it just happens to be right in the lead up to a midterm election where we, we know the Dems are about to get freaking walloped. Like it's, I just feel like people are getting played. Um, they don't give a shit. Like they don't give a shit about a woman's right to abortion. These politicians and judges, like, They've proven that they don't like they could have codified this stuff during Obama, during like it's literally 50 years old. It's like, I mean, they don't care about you. It's it's just a big publicity media stunt. And especially like, I mean, we're supposed to just forget about the 33 billion dollars of weapons that we're sending or wait, it's 40 now. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, They upped it. you know, and, and the price of oil and the food shortage and in the past two years of like complete fucking hell that you've been put through. And now it's like, when you have to stand by women and the way that you have to stand by women is by voting like your life depends on it again. I Like, it's just, yeah. I mean, you're just like, it's like asking your abuser to be the one to save you again. I feel like we've made that analogy before. Um, so yeah, in terms of the actual league, like I I don't know. I mean, I don't really think they're gonna overturn it. I really don't. It's just such a useful political weapon, like every time around on both sides. Um, I could be wrong about that, but ultimately, um, you know, I think there's bigger like underlying questions about just bodily autonomy and and I mean this is the whole thing, like the whole it all rings so hollow because the people who are yelling that we have to defend bodily autonomy of women are the same people that just spent two years like bending over backwards to deny people bodily autonomy when it comes to medical decisions like masks and having a an experimental gene therapy injected into your veins so it's just crazy. like the hypocrisy is crazy I actually saw um, like there was a protest on my former campus with people holding signs saying my body, my choice, which is just crazy because I was there leading protests where people had signs that said my body, my choice. And we were like accosted and screamed at and just, I mean, it's just crazy. And then the other thing, like the whole thing also rings hollow to me because again, like the people who are yelling, um, you know, about like women's rights and and all of this crap like 
they've also spent recent years trying to vaporize the whole concept of a woman altogether. You know, so like, I know we don't necessarily all agree on the whole like gender war stuff, but, um, you know, my, actually I have, um, the, my former union, um, sent out, you know, like I'm sure every country sent out, you know, this panicked message after the leak. And I'll just read like the first couple sentences. Um, and I mean, just pay attention to the number of times that they say women or girls. Spoiler alert, it's zero. <laughs> so they say, take action for reproductive rights. Uh, on Tuesday, UAW members joined with thousands of others in Seattle for a powerful rally and a march in defense of reproductive rights. While the leaked Supreme Court draft opinion that would overturn Roe v. Wade is not yet finalizes, it poses a far-reaching attack on abortion rights for people of all genders in the U.S., the latest in a wave of attacks on reproductive rights and the rights of trans and queer youth across the country. In particular, this would disproportionately impact abortion access for those who are Black, Indigenous, people of color, or low income. You know, and I mean, it's not like, yes, Black, Indigenous, people of color, and low income. Women, though, like they leave out the main word. And I just feel like this is so emblematic of just liberal discourse right now. Like you can't fucking advocate for a group of people if you can't name them. And we're, I mean, we're a sex-based class and that class is called women and it doesn't include men. Like it, it, it just doesn't. Like we can't create a movement to fight for abortion rights or take down patriarchy or whatever like you can't fight for that when you're not living in reality and it's i don't know and it i mean it, the language is important but it's not just it's not just about the language like in whatever this union messaging or or wherever but it's you know it's about material conditions of our lives and men don't give birth. Like they don't have abortions and, and to argue otherwise, I just feel like is part of this whole like transhumanist set of, of lies. So for me, like, it's just really frustrating to watch the response. And it, I mean, it's just actually really mind boggling that these people take themselves seriously. (laughs) Like I just, I don't know. So anyway, um, that's kind of my, I don't know, part of like my skepticism and just kind of irritation um, in terms of the context for this, like given the past few years. But I do think there's, there's something sort of more important that's underlying it that I'd hopefully like to get into and hear your guys' thoughts in terms of like, I don't know, just the the whole rights thing, and like, why should why should why should we be asking for rights from our government that we already have? And I'm going to reiterate some of the stuff I had said before. I mean, there are new, just one tiny aspect that I think, as I'm hearing Jessica speak, that I'm agreeing with. I think uh, at the time when I shared my thoughts on what's left of an episode that Andy and I did, um, I. I saw legalization as a way to sort of protect people. And I thought voting was important in order for communities not to be um, criminalized um, for 
their what I continuously said as their legal right to 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 get access to an abortion. No, I do believe in bodily autonomy, and it relates to COVID because I do believe bodily autonomy. I'm pro-choice. I, I think that people should not or big brother, big government, any sort of um, centralized power should not interfere with your personal choices. And I think that that's huge for me, but I'm not seeing it as huge as it currently is, or maybe people's misunderstanding of it on the, for the Republicans or Democrats. So whether you are conservative or whether you are liberal, I see both doing something that is contradictory to where they stand. And I see conservatives talking about the being pro-choice about our bodies with regards to vaccines, but I don't see them being the same way, standing up for bodily autonomy and their pro-choice stance as it relates to abortions. I see liberals advocating, advocating for um, pro-choice stance around abortion and women's or you know, using birthing people's rights, et cetera. But then I don't see them standing for the very same when it comes to being pro-choice around our bodily autonomy, around our body. It's hypocrisy on both sides. And, 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 and this is why when I tell some friends who Kenny knows one of them in particular, my friend Jake, who listen or who, when we talk about these things and he says, well, you know, Florida is a free state or whatever because of COVID restrictions that were very loose. I also see it, and I know we're not we're not going to be talking about the bill right now on, um, well, as commonly known as the Don't Say Gay Bill, which is more than that. It's not just about Don't Say Gay Bill. It's a little misleading. But around, uh, the, he talked, my friend Jake and I speak almost daily. And, you know, he, he we've been childhood friends, but he and I have completely under, missed uh, differences on around, um, we were both Bernie supporters. And then all of a sudden he is, uh, supportive of Republicans, and as he had come on the show before, he is a Trump supporter, and and uh, he has put his eggs in in his or, or he has or what's the expression? I don't know the English expression of the expression. Um, all your eggs in one basket, something like that. But well, his confidence, his confidence in in Republicans um, for certain things, and I'm thinking, what Florida is not a free state if they're policing free speech, or they're just policing speech. You know, Florida is not a, a, a free state. I tell him if they're going to be policing people's bodies and their bodily autonomy, sure about the vaccines. They're not right now uh, vaccine. They're not um, having campaigns to vaccinate children as other states like here in California. And they're not coming out with mandates, but you're certainly criminalizing abortion. That's going to come onto the books now. So as far as my stance around legalization, I'm now taking up that um, that um, stance that um, Jessica is taking as she was speaking about. I, you're right. I don't think that we should be supportive of any sort of, um, whether it's pro or con or whatever, about any legalization. I think as what I've been reading on anarchist views, it's like you have, like, I don't understand why I didn't say this before. And the first time we, we recorded this, Andy, you have to, you cannot depend on the government to give you any alleviation. And that for me um, is an evolving stance. It's a hard, it's like a religious stance to get away from that because sometimes I'm very dis, uh, disillusioned that I don't see working class struggle rising to the level that I would like to see as people stood up in Colombia against the, the COVID restrictions or when there were people out on the streets during Black Lives Matter, where was that for our restrictions? 
you know, or I see now people talking about bodily autonomy, bodily autonomy all over social media. Where is that stance when, when it comes to bodily autonomy around people mandating? So obviously this is this game is, and maybe you're right. Maybe they won't overturn it, Jessica. I'm not sure uh, because it is a very important, crucial part of, you know, election time um, uh, fishing people's votes, do you know? Uh, um, you know, I said this in the episode as well before, you know, Mexico, I'm not saying this to be, you know, <laughs> just because I'm Mexican, but, um, but because it is on, it's like the forefront, it's like the one of the, it's less recognized, but forefront of um, the Mexico and US relationship is just right there on the border. And, you know, like that's where a lot of Ukrainians were going through. That's where Venezuelans are going through. That's where Cubans right now were arrested recently and going through and then releasing them back to their countries. Haitians, lots of people there. And in Mexico, you know, there are places where you can actually get your abortion pills. And if you're not able to get access in this country that is restricting everyone's rights and liberties, you know, there's, I'm not saying Mexico is the country of the freedom because it has lots of issues, but you can always get it. And I, and, and I want people to know that because there's still ways you can still get it. But, you know, like that's, it's always been this underground railroad to southbound um, of U.S. restrictions. You know, Mexico began to gradually abolish slavery soon after they declared independence of Spain in 1821. And so, Lots of slaves ran away there during the HIV crisis when medications were not allowed in this country because it has to be FDA approved. Uh, people went down to Mexico to go get those medications. Uh, and then for vaccines, uh, for vaccine cards and all that, people went down to Mexico to get va vaccine cards and still are getting those vaccine cards. And people can go get abortion, surgical or pills or whatever. So uh, if you want to go get that, you know, just go down south. And it's unfortunate that, you know, it's... Um, it's the country right next to this other liberal freedom country where uh, constitutionally you're not allowed to, it, you're not, it's not, a crim, it's not, you're not, it's not criminal to get an abortion uh, in Mexico. And there are organizations, I just want to mention the Advocacy Group Las Libres, uh, which is a part of a network that helps people on both sides of the border to access abortion pills, which I'll link to in the episode notes if anyone wants to get that information, uh, because um, I do think people need to have access to 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 their right to choose. Uh, um, back to the USA, and uh, you know, Kentucky Brown Jackson, um, unfortunately, um, is I realized as we were talking last time, um, sort of made me feel like, oh well, there's maybe this sliver of hope that you know this 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 thread. But then I said in the episode before that she might just go against, you know, uh, lifting restrictions on mandates. And, uh, and so it's, you have conservatives doing this and you have liberals doing this, this assault on people's rights to their autonomy, to their right to decide what they want to do for themselves. And if you're listening to this and you have uh, stands, or you think that Republicans are going to liberate you, or you think Democrats are going to liberate you, or you think that uh, by voting, which I've now decided, <laughs> this is sad, but I've now decided not to be voting for, for certain, well, I don't vote mostly if there's an election that was being done, you know about this, Kenny, with David Campos, and I didn't vote, and that's going to make a lot of my liberal friends upset, or progressive friends upset, you know, and I just don't see hope anymore in those. And I was looking at the recent um, ballots that are coming in through the mail. 
It's so sad. And I have a hole that I was digging in my garden because I put paper in the garden. I don't, because you know, you don't put paper in the compost or you don't put in the recycling because it doesn't actually go to recycling here in SF. That's a lie. It doesn't, so I put paper in the, in my, I make holes. And so I just put the ballots in the hole. So I grow things from there, you know, because paper like trees and like wood, if you don't use it, it retains moisture for people who are in the permaculture community, they know this. But if you want to be drought tolerant, uh, friendly garden, you want to put paper or wood in the ground. Anyhow, back to the conversation. So I, my ballots are, grow, are, are being used to retain water for my crops. <sighs> yes, Mia, so sad. But Congratulations, to Eduardo. Congratulations. <laughs> you have to make this like a like a global movement. Bury your ballots for the that's, that's truly ecological right there. <laughs> Although I, I suspect it's closer to salting the earth but putting ballots into the ground. <laughs> well, but if you have great. but that's why if you have mycelium growing you have mycelium growing in the garden, they will take care of any sort of chemicals that come from the ink or whatever. I just mean the, the, the evilness of those things. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> but no, I think it's wonderful. It's great. Um, so. Oh, were you done? I'm sorry. No, no, that that's it. That's my stance. And I, I you know, go to <laughs> Mexico if you need to go get something, um, some, some, some drug. You know, we, you know, Andy went there and got ivermectin. So, and um, and definitely send your ballots to Eduardo so we can build, so we can grow more plants and compost. <laughs> <clears throat> I don't think that's breaking the law either. Um, well, yeah, I mean, oh I think God, the part harvesting, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, let's move on because it's getting <laughs> making me, making me uh, crazy. funny. <laughs> um, so I think the part where we all agree is that this is, this is political theater. It, it is, it is what is on balance here before us in the mainstream media between the political parties is not something about the fake. But it's not really about the right of women to control their bodies. It has nothing to do with that. It has everything to do with the November election. Um, and if you didn't see this, I will share my screen because I saw this on Jimmy Dore and I thought it was pretty funny. This article that he cited right here. Um, so this came, this is, says Democrats hope, see, Democrats hope threat to abortion rights will rouse voters. This article came out December 2nd, 2021. Um, it's in US News. Um, and there was a quote down here. Democrats have been sounding the alarm on abortion rights in nearly every election cycle this century, including last month's stunning victory, stunning defeat in Virginia's governor race. In most cases, it's Republicans who still have shown to be more motivated. Still, as the Supreme Court's conservative majority signals a willingness to weaken or reverse the landmark Roe versus Wade precedent. Again, this is four months before the leak. Democrats insist they can convince Voters that the threat to women's health is real and present and present real and present in a way it wasn't before. And, you know, and thereby change their fortunes in the election, you know, because they want to stop uh, what they see as a red wave coming in November. So I don't really know how you could say much more that proves like they're putting this out in, in December and here it comes. It's like, you know, so that's what this thing's about. And um, I do I appreciate Jessica what you said about like not wanting to open up another line because there's I think there's other areas to talk about like is Roe v Wade even worth defending um, and and to talk about 
state state controlled health care that's administering abortions and that's affecting women's bodies like can that be is that a, is that something worth fighting for I, there's something to be talked about there but i also think what you said when we when you reference this question of um you know wait they just talked about abortion rights and and access to uh, uh reproductive rights but they don't mention women that is significant to me like i like <clears throat> and i i know that what they're talking about is well they sit, they're saying what they're talking about is an, in, an inclusivity. We don't want to talk. We don't want to like leave out other people who aren't women who might be wanting to have get pregnant or what have you. But it it obscures way more than it than it reveals in, the, in its so-called inclusiveness, because this is an attack on women. And it has it does need to be understood as an attempt like. There's been a long history, it's just like you're saying, and this is true in the Marxist tradition, but also in the stuff that you had us read, uh, uh, Jessica. Who was the person who, who, the, the reading you sent about the Federici? say again, Sylvia Federici. Yeah, like that. The 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 U.S. or the capitalist state, the state has wanted to control the women's reproduction for quite some time. Turn it on and turn it off. In the same way we talk about immigration as a way of controlling the flow of labor back and forth, there has been all sorts of efforts by the capitalist state to criminalize, um, you know, uh, abortions because there was a need for more labor at some point in time. And so the, that state hasn't changed. That state has not become any more a friend of women and uh, as in terms of allowing them to have control over that decision. Um, so, so I think the the notion of talking about reproduction without mentioning women actually obscures the idea that this is an attack on women and that men can be mobilized to try to like say no you can't talk you can't attack our sisters you can't attack our comrades who are women um, and I do think it has to be understood as a part of fighting sexism and fighting the his history of sexism is the idea that men and women have will have common fights uh, that they will need to wage, even if I'm not a person who's planning on having, well, I can't have a baby, you know? So I do think that's an important, like it's politically important for them to obscure the divide that they're trying to put between men and women on this. That's how I would see that. Um, I guess I have more to say, but I'll, maybe I'll, I'll see if you want to say something about that, Jessica. Yeah, I mean, I, I think you captured it well. Um, I think a lot of people, even if they don't buy into the whole gender ideology as inclusion thing, still kind of dismiss it as just like, oh, it's politically correct language, but like at base, they're still like standing with you. And I think that's a pretty like like mythical uh way to view it um and I think like in the same way that that um union email that I read just um collapses reproductive rights with uh 
gender ideology and trans rights, quote unquote, and um, like gender affirming healthcare coming from the state, all of that kind of stuff. Like this is becoming a massive pattern. You see it in the Florida bill. You see it in the way that the Roe v. Wade freakouts are being framed um, because it's not just like people are pivoting immediately to like, they're going to overturn this. And then immediately also gay marriage is going to be reversed. And it's going to be used as this precedent for like to attack all queer people and all trans people and all everybody like, and I I just don't think there's um, a, like the cultural zeitgeist is not (laughs) going that direction. And B, I don't think that that's even legal. I mean, I don't know. I'm not a lawyer, but from what I have read, that's not, likely to happen even if it is overturned and abortion is criminalized in some states um so anyway just to say like i think that collapsing of reproductive rights and the whole like gender affirming ideology um which is like inseparable from pharmaceutical industrial like healthcare and medicine that whole industry it's a very sinister strategy um in my eyes because at base right reproductive rights means women have the power to control their own bodies and to control their own labor uh gender affirming ideology seeks to erase the category of women altogether right to say like oh like gender is just this like cultural construct that you can just identify however you want um and that has really real repercussions for women and girls safety and, and, and basic human dignity. Um, you know, kind of like that, like I talked about in previous episodes, but like the same people who are saying like, Oh, like women aren't walking wombs. We're not baby incubators. Right. They're also arguing that if a man pops some synthetic hormones or has his genitalia amputated and a cavity like surgically carved into him that that somehow makes him a woman or like affirms that he is a woman so it's just it's categorically like oppositional um fights being being collapsed like you can't you can't like it just that that email that i read is just such a perfect articulation of it like you can't have both and like I understand the like why the inclusivity framing works, but it's not accurate. Like it's not if you're fighting for abortion rights, like you're not you're not being inclusive if you're not, if you're not saying women, you know. I don't know. And it's it's like a really easy way to kind of like flip the argument and have it be like, well, you know you're white. So it's easy for you to say, or like, you know, you're middle class. So it's easy for you to say. And it, and in some sense, like that whole privilege thing is true, right. Especially when it comes to abortion and, and like, yeah, I love that Eduardo's like, um, shepherding people to Mexico to get their, their, their COVID vaccine cards and their abortions. Um, but one, I don't think you actually need to go to Mexico to get a, to have a a safe abortion. That's a different thing. Um, but you know, the, the big thing people bring up is like, 
oh, well, yeah, I mean, they're not going to criminalize abortion in Oregon or Washington or California or whatever. But if you're poor, if you're, you know, um, you know, black or poor, whatever, pick your minority, right? Um, that you're not going to be able to travel to a different state. And there's, I mean, there's validity to that. I think, um, you know, the whole thing is about um, class warfare, both in terms of like women as a sex-based class. And then also with like within that, right? Yeah, it's disproportionately going to hurt black women, indigenous women. Um, but I guess what I would argue with that, and sorry, I'll just say this and then I'll stop rabbiting on, but yes, those are the people who suffer the most when shit like abortion is criminalized or vaccines are required for employment or whatever. They are also the women who suffer the most within the confines of the system, the legal system, the medical system, whatever. And, and like at the hands of that system, right? So, you know, like uh, maternal, what do they call it? Um, maternal mortality rate, right? Is such a perfect example. So you're, the maternal mortality rate in this country is like, I think it's four or five times higher for black women. Um, even when you account for socioeconomic disparities, which is, that is super key to understanding that statistic because it tells you that it's not about access. Like it's not an access issue. Like that tells you that however glossy they dress it up to be, right? Or to sound through the rhetoric, if you are a black female, the system itself is not set up to support you or heal you or help you or whatever, right? Like, great, you have Roe v. Wade. But what I would argue is like that, that does nothing to protect you because being in the system is just as dangerous for those women as it is to be essentially like kicked out of that system, if not worse in some cases. I guess that's kind of, you know, where I was heading next about like the class aspect of it, you know, because I did wonder, you know, if it, because um, I, I do think that often we talk about issues in these glossy terms, right? Like immigrants, as if everyone's a monolith, Latinos, women, you know, and there are obviously uh, layers, you know, like there are people who look like me, but absolutely don't have the same experience as me in this world, right? Like that's a given, especially if you're of a, of a higher class, you know, um, and I was wondering, you know, like, yes, you know, um, you know, I'm not denying racism, not denying racist, uh, sexism, all the isms, right? They, they exist for a reason in, in this system. But I do wonder, you know, at least before you started commenting on that subject, Jessica, I was thinking that the burden falls on the lower classes, you know, because if you are of a certain means, even if this country like doesn't, you know, allow you to, or this state doesn't allow you to have an abortion, you have the means to go somewhere else. I'm not saying that should be the case for people, right? But my point is, I guess, that that's where my head was heading, that this is a burden more on certain people. And, and, and I guess that's that was to support my comment on, this actually shows the viciousness of the people that are waving this as a, as a hook, right? Because they're willing to sacrifice a, a sector, right? They did it with the vaccines, right? Uh, the vaccine mandates. Uh, I think they're doing it with this. 
because I don't know if it may or may not be on the return. I think that the people who are putting posting this as a put, uh, putting this chip in the game are willing to sacrifice the most vulnerable always, you know, and, and so, you know, like, again, I think it's important to talk about what you're saying. It is giving me a lot to think about, but what I do know is that the people that quote unquote lick this shit, they're vicious and they're ruthless. They're willing to sacrifice what people, you know, and, and put them in harm's way in order to get their political ends because in, 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 in the, the result that they want, just that like we talked about the Supreme uh, Justice that was just, what was her name? Ketanji. Ketanji Brown Jackson. Jackson. Just that like we commented on, on her appointment, her being waived in front of us as, you know, steering more racism. You know, you know this thing too here, you know, this, this supposed attack, this supposed tick is not, to rally the troops to defend something. It's actually to rally the troops. So they actually, in, I think it makes sense in that, this specific context, because you have a very polarized people, like the, the anti-vaxxers, right? Who you might think, you know, have a tendency to be pro, uh, like uh, anti-abortion, right? And so in this very moment, it actually makes sense that they're waving this shit. They're adding more fuel to the fire. They're like, you see, now you have more contradictions. Like, keep fighting. Like, we'll be fine. Like, and like, none of these conversations will get resolved, you know, in that sense. Uh, because again, the, the, the point of it is not to, to create debate or conversation to solve anything. It's actually to create more problems so that we are busy, you know, pointing fingers at each other. Because, you know, if anything, I would hope that this, right? Like, look, you're being hypocrite. You're being a hypocrite. We're both getting got, you know, th that would be the result, but I don't think that would be the result. The result would be to be keep engaging in these debates, you know, uh, uh, about pro-life, anti-life, these, these binaries, right? That they know that play well, and they're simplistic enough, you know, to invite more people into the, the, the conversation to keep us busy and, and not get anything done and point fingers at each other, not even see each other as human, you know, and, and, and feel self-righteous. And I, and I think that's the point of this. It's, it's not even like to defend anything or to protect anything. And if anything too, it's like that whole Roe versus Wade that I, get, I guess we talked about, it. it's another conversation, but you know, it's always like, oh, we're defending the crumbs that they gave us, right? It, it's always about that. It's not about collapsing this system and like, fuck you, like we were not gonna follow your rules. You know, it's always about defending the crumbs that they wave in front of us, it's fighting for that hook that they decided to play at some point because this election cycle right now for the liberals is about abortion rights, right? The last election cycle is about immigrant rights, right? Pick your, it was Russiagate. Pick your, you know, it's, it's about sensible gun regulation. Pick your sound bites. That's kind of my point. And I don't want to diminish this conversation about women protection and this stuff. I want to contextualize it in terms of they wave a single issue, you know, in front of us to keep to keep us playing in their system, in their game, and getting us to the ballot box to show submission. I have had some ongoing. Tell me if I'm off and I'm not sticking to the topic because my mind is really disorganized right now. It's not sure. So, um, I have had some conflicting thoughts as I was reading some of the things that uh, Jessica sent. 
in an email that were resourceful. And I have my tabs out. I was looking over them today. And um, so there are a few things I'm worried about. And, uh, and I do think that as it is right now, right? Like as, as we are currently right, as we are where we are right now, um, and this capitalist state obviously has these divisions, but it, the, the, the experiences are, are definitely there. Like racism and sexism are strongly experienced, right? They are strongly experienced. And I do believe in working class struggle, working class folk coming together. I'm not interested, as I said to my friend Jake, and I had a discussion with him recently in making anyone feel guilty, whether there be a man or whether they be white. But that's not, I'm not interested. I don't think that being feeling guilty over past or even current actions of people of that race or people of this gender or et cetera are to be used. I, I don't think, I think guilt has nothing to do with what I'm trying to ask from folks is I'm trying to ask people to understand that that the way I look is the way I, I'm seen or the way that uh, women have been used are, are things that have been, that, that it's still there's this mechanism that is still being used today that isn't like something we create in our mind. It's something that's happening today. And I, and I'm trying to figure out how much as I was really impacted by the conversation you all had that I was not present to, but I listened to it on the podcast around trans uh, and also some feminist views that Jessica shared, how much of what transgenderism um, could be or potentially be used um, as, a, as a Trojan horse for our liberation of certain societal expectations on us that could be used uh, to uh, ignore women's plights because they do, and uh, trying to figure out maybe the PC way of saying this because I'm thinking of constantly we're all recording, but women obviously have a different anatomy. It's there's like a material anatomy. Like it's not like something you can just say, we are um, just, you know, the same, like obviously, I do think that we are able to achieve many of the same things uh, when it comes to competence and uh, intelligence, and it comes to other things. But I, th I think there is obviously, obviously, there is a difference on our physical anatomy. I and I understood, like from what the discussion you all had was that there it could potentially be, as I also pulled out the geneticliteracyproject.org article that Jessica sent, that there is a seismic shift in the debate over abortion as reproductive rights and all of this is being discussed that where we could create artificial wombs in the in this industrial fourth industrial revolution and slowly just forget that women uh, are then also just I mean I don't think there's anything compared to an, a, a real womb the, the a woman's body I think that's completely impossible but that there that 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 we're going to start ignoring how women's bodies have always been used uh, in, and the impact of just forgetting the women's issues. I, I don't know how else to put it, just 
forgetting those issues that how much women have been impacted by um, the world that we live in, in a very patriarchal society, which has been dominated by men. I, I do think that I, I just was reading also just how many societies, very few societies are matriarchal, which are wonderful societies, but I think the diversity of those societies haven't been achieved because of colonialism. It just happens to, if anyone reads Germs, germs. I read the book, um, Germs, Steel and Guns. Uh, I may be saying it incorrectly. Um, it's not because white people or men are necessarily um, uh, inherently um, better off. It's just, it has to do with lots of conditions and circumstances that have allowed to that, that have oppressed and also just uh, made matriarchal societies disappear. So I don't think that we've allowed for matriarchal societies to thrive like we haven't allowed for socialist or anarchist societies to thrive because capitalist societies tend to be stronger and they use brutal force as men have as well in a patriarchal society. So I do believe that there are issues that we need to look at and there are things to consider. Um, I don't know, I'm very, it's all up in the air the way I'm thinking about it. I haven't really organized my thoughts. I've been contemplating about it as I was watching the issues today. And so it's something I'm, I'm still trying to figure out because how do you measure, I'm not trying to say like oppression Olympics is don't want that, but how do we also bring forth that our differences in even in, there are going to be huge differences in the way that we, we function as a society when it comes to women's need to have their issues considered differently from the way that men's issues are. Um, because it's like race, I almost see race could be something that can be potentially, I mean, my, some people might disagree with me, slowly fade away it, it's in some society that we create. But I don't know how, like, like I don't see women and men bodies fading away like it doesn't like you can't materially it's always going to be different and that means that different issues are going to arise from that but I can see race just as you had pointed out a long time ago Andy when I talked to you I said do you think that racism could actually be eradicated and you said well if we look at people's eye color do you remember this conversation Andy um eye color could potentially like people don't judge people on people's eye color I think they do but what you're trying to tell me Andy at that time was that somehow race is like because it's such a physical thing it, it's like it's the more especially I think if people become more biracially ambiguous it could be diff different and the more we integrate except that I think that we could these concepts of race can be constructed but I don't see how bodily like anatomy is constructed that's not we are clearly different and I'm struggling even having this conversation because I sound like a right winger when I talk <laughs> because Jake tells me sometimes, you know, there are differences between men and women and that in liberal circles is not something you discuss. You don't say that there are differences. You're supposed to say there are no differences except that I, and we're all the same. And, it, and, and, I'm, and I do think there are differences. Obviously there are differences. I mean, so there are going to be issues that are going to arise from those differences. And that's where I'm coming from as I'm trying to organize my thoughts and I'm not, uh, I'm not articulating them quite well. So I, forgive me for any of this. I think I you know. sound more materialist than right wing. 
And Andy and Kenny are supposed to be the materialists. <laughs> but, Go ahead, Kenny, and I'd like to get on this too. I mean, you were saying, you know, that whole fading away, right? We talked about transhumanism. We talked about digital identities. We talked about genetic modifications. So I think these things might be in play, you know, in some form. And not because of human liberation, um, because, um, or, or eliminating these isms, but it's because at least I think the capitalists don't see us as people, as life, as humans. They see us as numbers, as things that plug into their system. And so that artificial womb that you mentioned, uh, Eduardo, I think it's a possibility because why, why would you want to deal with abortion rights? <laughs> you know, why, why would you want to have, have to hear from workers, you know, people who produce life? You know, what would you, you know, if you can produce it and skip that all together and design perfect people with perfect humans that, that plug into their system? So I, I think all these things are important. Well, I'm not denying, I'm not saying personally that artificial wounds won't be possible. I do believe that there are ways to, but I don't think the level of, uh, of, of, of holistic care that happens in a woman's body compared to an artificial womb will ever be achieved. I, and I just, so I want to be clear, of course, sir, you can grow things. My point is that these people, the capitalists, is so I hate that class because they see us as, as, as things, right? Like, like I said, things that they can play, things that they can wave around, things that they can sacrifice, things that they can improve or modify, you know, that, that's what we are to them. You know, uh, we are not life, we're not complexity. They wanna eliminate complexity, actually. They wanna simplify things. That's at least in, in my view, and that's why I'm fighting this fourth industrial revolution bullshit, because that, that's what I think it's at stake. You know, as complicated as it is to have democracy and have debates and have disagreements and work through shit, you know, that's part of the, you know, being life to me in this, in this world, organized life, human life, and, and to these people, we're just playthings, we're just numbers, we're just tools for their system. You know, and, and we are sacrificable, you know, disposable things, you know, and, and so that's what I want to make clear here. And, and so, yes, all these things are in play. You know, I don't know what things will materialize fully, you know, and part of it is, you know, challenging the reproductive power of women. You know, and, and so this is how wretched these people are. This is how evil, this is how ruthless, this is how soulless unethical, whatever, use all those words these people are because we're just numbers. And then they're weaponizing all this in, in, in terms of liberty and defending our rights, but they're not. Um, well, there's a lot of stuff said, so let me see how if I can. So the first thing- Maybe say, I have a question for you, Andy. Do you, are you going to say something in response to mine? Cause I don't know if I want to keep, like mine, I, I'm willing- no, if yours, thinks, yours was, I mean, I will say something in response. I thought what you said was good. Like- Was it? If it, Because I honestly think that what I said didn't make any sense. It does I'm just make trying. sense. It makes sense to me. I, I think it makes sense to all of us here in light of the last episode, but also in light of just what you said. It, make, it, it makes sense. Okay. I mean, it's not like you've come to a conclusion, but- your your some areas that were solid before are fuzzing out for you a little bit. That makes sense to me. The well, reasons why I asked. Doesn't it just say everything that 
acknowledging that there are biological differences between women who give birth to children and none of us would be here without our mother literally giving birth to us that there's a difference between women and men is literally considered right wing now that's crazy that's a crazy cultural environment to try to like operate within that's what i'm taught I know, Andy, you're going to have your turn. So I just want to say that's what I, I've been taught in liberal circles by women as well. Yeah, 100%. Right? Me too. Yeah. But it's wild. <laughs> so so the fact was, is that the notion of not of allowing uh, things outside those boundaries was the notion of a liberation, that people could get outside of, you know, that was the idea that people were free. I mean, if there was a left element to it, if there was a progressive element to it that I thought was there, it was the notion of, well, no, you know, if, if, if that's something you want to do and it doesn't hurt somebody else, then you are free to do it. Um, now, the problem is, is that all of this occurs under a system that is entirely unfree um, and is getting, it's getting even worse than, you know, like is, is so it, that the capitalist system was is is an exploitative, oppressive system. It is a dictatorship, and I believe that because capitalism is getting deeper and deeper into protracted cycles of crises that are going to get ever and worse, we're going to see its its veneer of democracy is going to come off more and more, and its actual real state that it exists in, which is in my opinion is closer to like fascism. We're going to see it. We are going to see those features more and more. But the ir irony is is that the language of inclusivity that says you could be any race. Well, yeah, you can be any race if you can strip a human's body, human's consciousness of themselves from their body and put somebody into the metaverse. Oh, you could, anyone can have, we can talk about reproducing units, not women, because now we can actually take that whole experience and take it outside of the body and have it take place there. So that they're basically using the language of inclusivity to deepen our alienation from our own humanity. And a feature of uh, one of the primary features of capitalism, in addition to class division and exploitation, is the experience of alienation of all workers um, as the capitalist class gets strengthened and as the state gets strengthened. And I think that's what we're seeing. Now, they're going to put it under the, this veneer of equality, but hidden underneath this veneer of equality is a world that's going to get incredibly more unequal. And it's going to be more damaging to women and more damaging to men. And that's why I, want, I guess I will say I want to come back to this question of hypocrisy on both sides is not a just a it's not like, oh, isn't that ironic? Look, look, the Republicans who are who seemingly were for bodily autonomy with regards to COVID-19 vaccines, many of them are saying, no, women cannot decide. And then, of course, these other folks on the other side on the left side who seemingly were for a bodily autonomy as it, as it relates relates to women's right to choose what she does with her body during a pregnancy suddenly you're going to like say, no, everyone's got to get vaxxed and include, and your kids have to get vaxxed. So you have the right to choose, but then after that kid comes, gets born, I'm going to choose whether that kid gets vaxxed. So th that's not just a hypocrisy. I mean, it is hypocrisy, but what is, what, what, what combines them both is a fealty and a, and an honoring of this power of the state. Both of them are saying the, the real power lies with the power of the state, the state to defend women's right to choose or the state to defend my staying away from a vax mandate. And it's a myth because that same state is an attack on both of us, on all women and well, all women workers, I would say, and all women and all male workers. And that's why it, it, for me to 
in fighting in fighting this state, which is saying I have the state has the right to decide um, who gets access to abortion, and the state gets to decide. Oh, no! We now we declare it free for women. Now we're going to defend some sort of Roe v. Wade, and now we're going to provide state um, state uh, clinics um, that will then uh, give this these abortion. I don't think they've gained. I think women have not gained anything there if if they get access to those. That's the thing that I think I've heard from Jessica before that I'm coming more to believe. And I and I believe that because the very same forces that told me that, oh, we're for giving women access to 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 abortion rights. Those are the same ones who wanted me who wanted me jabbed and gone from my job. That Those are the same people. So I don't believe it. I believe that all they really are interested in is in making a stronger state. And I'm not interested in that. I think that state has to be dismantled. And so I don't believe in any state that is saying, oh, we're going to fully fund Planned Parenthood's gone, get rid of it. That is not the way we're going to defend women's rights. That's not the way we're going to defend my rights, women's rights, anyone's rights by strengthening that state or saying to the, that state, you're the one that can finally is the arbiter of that decision. Um, now, in the case of the article or the, the also the, the person, Yolanda, who was a friend of yours or is a friend of yours, Jessica, who you would maybe even suggest that we could interview her. She was going on to talk about <clears throat> other ways that have midwifery and other that avenues of controlling your your pregnancy through your own means through means that don't require the state intervention that are just like homegrown from the bottom with uh, she described it as plant magic you know I think there's other things that go on um, and I actually think that's that is the road that is the road to fighting for not just it's not just a question of abortion rights for fighting for the liberty of all of us is to dis, is to separate that fight from the fight to strengthen the state. We actually have to see this fight as one of, of dismantling the state and producing our own way of living. Um, and anyone who's caught up in defending Republicans party or the democratic party to defend their sphere is it's a fool. It's fool's gold because you are really just strengthening the hand of people who are locking us all into a prison, this, this fourth industrial revolution prison that is, that is taking advantage of our deep alienation to then make us question what it means to be human, what it means to be woman, what it means to be man, anything. Um, and so that's, that's something I'm, so that's where, that was something that I feel like I heard from Jessica in this discussion, but earlier that there's nothing to defend in Roe v. Wade because it doesn't exist because Roe v. Wade is as much an attack on women because it says that we get to, we as Supreme Court justices get to decide your future. And if they get to decide, then women are screwed because we know they hate women. We know they hate men. We know they hate workers of all stripes and will sacrifice us for anything. So they cannot, they cannot be trusted and entrusted. And it's not, I wouldn't even say it's a fight for reform to, to try to like get Roe v. Wade or even get the Democrats to pass a legislation that defends it because this state cannot be trusted to protect us because its own healthcare system is designed around making people sicker so in order to obtain profits. And we're seeing that with this goddamn vax. I mean, it's, it's true in other ways. It's just, it's becoming more apparent to me uh, through the vaccine, the COVID vaccine. So I'll just leave it at that. Yeah, I just wanted to uh, kind of illuminate a parallel. So like Andy, when you're talking about plant medicine, right, as like another approach to abortion specifically or um, just healthcare. 
you know, I, I actually think it's a really similar um, brainwashing that's occurred. Um, and it's actually much more dominant in the culture, at least from my perspective, that in the same way that it is now deemed by liberals and, and pro-vaxxers that it is dangerous and irresponsible to rely on your immune system or to like just get COVID if COVID exists to get it right. Um, and just let your body naturally produce the antibodies. Right. Um, that that's irresponsible. It's a very similar sort of fundamental lie that they've convinced our, basically our whole population of, um, that any sort of non-medicalized abortion is insane and you must be you know a crazy person and you you're dangerous and you're you know endangering yourself you're endangering the baby um this is just simply not true and i think i think yolanda touched on it in the article i sent around which we can link um but really like this whole idea of the of the coat hanger abortion in the back alley like that was men that was male doctors you know who basically on behalf of the state intruded into women's spaces where previously birth and also like the release of pregnancies whether through miscarriage or abortion this was the realm of a community of women right kind of like Federici was describing in the middle ages like this is traditional midwifery not midwife midwives now are their state employees like they they operate under doctors essentially carrying out the state's idea of healthcare. um and so this idea that like we can't exist without the industrial medical system you know you can't get an abortion you can't have a cold you can't um I mean, you can't even, it's really hard to like be pregnant and constantly have to refuse a flu shot or if you don't want an ultrasound, right? Like all of these things that are sold to us as like, this is the healthcare, like this is the healthcare you should fight for and vote for. And you need this. Like, and, and like you said, and not only do you need this, but we are the ones who can bequeath it to you. Um, it's insane. And then I also just wanted to kind of connect what I just said to, like, I think Eduardo at one point used the word colonization. Um, and, and Andy, like you said, alienation. And I just, I mean, it goes for the whole, I don't even like, I don't even call it healthcare system, right? Like it's a sick care system, but especially when it comes to like so-called reproductive services, right? Like, okay, industrial obstetrics, abortion services for sure, um, birth control consultations, routine pap smears, like mammograms, like the whole everything, like women's health, right? That whole world of reproductive care is just riddled with violence and sexism and racism and gaslighting and just massive, massive, massive disassociation from our bodies, which is a trauma response. 
So like, that's what you're getting. Like when you go to these places, even in the, even in the best of circumstances, you know, so many women experience trauma. And then what's the natural response to that? It's to disassociate from your body, which is exactly playing into the hands of the whole transhumanist thing, you know, and, and, and so much of it too, it's just deeply unscientific, like in terms of actually supporting health. Um, it's just all of women's healthcare. Like it's just built on dehumanizing us, controlling us, call it like colonizing us, colonizing the body. It really is. And I mean, there's so many things that have been sold to us, you know, like Planned Parenthood and um, birth control, right? Like in the, in the kind of second wave women's liberation movement, like birth, the birth control pill still is, is widely revered as this um, thing, which enabled us to suddenly control our own reproductive cycles um, and reproductive labor, as if we couldn't do that before, as if we hadn't been doing that for thousands of years, you know, that here you go. And now you, now you can, by nature of this pharmaceutical product, you can enter the workforce. So now we can exploit you another way. Right. Um, and everybody just forgets that the birth control pill came about because American white psychopaths and racists tested experimental products on poverty-stricken Puerto Rican women who had no fucking clue that many of them were basically signing up to be sterilized, you know, and, and Planned Parenthood, like that's Margaret Sanger too, right? She, that whole thing, like all the Planned Parenthood clinics where did they come from? They emerged right out of the American eugenics movement. Like, that's just a fact. And nobody wants to wrestle with that. Um, gynecology, like the founder of modern gynecology, the field of gynecology, um, James Marion Sims, or Marion Jane Sims, I forget his the order of his names. But that, I mean, that dude sliced open naked terrified slave women on on a table while her sisters were forced to hold her down because his assistants his white doctor's assistants could not stomach the sight of the 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 surgeries so-called surgeries that he was performing okay and now like his invention the the sims speculum right the the vaginal speculum that they use in every other healthcare service right that was a rape instrument so it's just like i mean i could go on and on but from every single angle that you look at this our entire medical system is built on torture and rape and slavery and colonization and witch hunts right like you can't fucking reform it you just can't like it's and it's not ancient history right it's it's literally right now um you have like you know women in california who in 2020 you know in ice detention centers were forcibly sterilized like against their will given hysterectomies you have you know whatever 
half the population right now being experimented on with these, you know, so-called injections. There's no consent within the system. Like there's no help. There's no care. It just, it does not allow for that. And so that's, I mean, that's why I, I'm just not willing to spend my time and my energy begging like, oh, please give me this healthcare, which I've literally spent the past like five, six, seven years trying to undo what has been done to me. And I, and I haven't even endured 1% of what so many women have endured, you know, even in the best cases, like if you have money, if you have insurance, if you have white skin, a nice doctor, like it doesn't matter in this system, you are an object, your data, like you're, you're not human. And I, I just think like the, I don't know, just the, the impact of that disassociation that results from this type of healthcare is just so underestimated, you know? And like we were talking earlier about disassociating us or alienating us, I think you said, from our labor and from our bodies. And like for women, like I didn't know how to track, like properly track my fertility cycle until I was like 28, 29 years old. Like I had a master's degree, <laughs> okay, before I could pinpoint like my own ovulation. And I think that is just a testament to how, I mean, that's insane. Like that is insane, you know? And, and I just think the physical and psychological and, and even like spiritual impact of denying this basic association with your own body and understanding of your own body. And, you know, that, that should be sacred. Like that's sacred self-knowledge, especially when we talk about women and like creating life or destroying life. Um, because I mean, that's that like, yeah, you can try to create an artificial womb, but what are you basing it off? It's like our bodies that hold the wisdom, you know? And FYI too, it's a heck of a lot easier for a woman to avoid an, an unwanted pregnancy when she understands and trusts her own body, you know? So for a pro-lifer, like I'm not saying it's a fail safe, but it'd be a good start, you know? That should be the fucking minimum. And this stupid society can't even do that. Uh, I, you know, I appreciate what you said. And at least for me, what I've... The point I reach when it comes when I hear Roe v. Wade, <laughs> I think of it as a, it's not about freedom, obviously. It's about regulating and also about channeling into Western style medicine that is very well attached to capitalism. You know, and I have this quote, if I may, um, that is by John Trudell. And it's, it talks about civilization. Right, it says the great lie is that this is civilization. It's not civilized. It has literally been the most bloodthirsty, brutalizing system ever imposed on, upon this planet. This is not civilization. This is the great lie. Or if it does represent civilization, and that is truly what civilization is, then the great lie is that civilization is good for us. You know, and it makes me think too, you know, a little bit and like about why we tend to 
we've been indoctrinated into accepting as civilized, as proper, you know, indoctrinated by private interests, really, you know, because it makes me think of my life outside this country um, as a kid and as an adult. And like to a lot of people who have grown in this system, you know, anything that departs from the rules and the strict guidelines and the knowledge of experts, anything that deviates from that, it's savage. That anything that deviates from that is, it's uncivilized. Everything, you know, the, a lot of people, people who are brown and are supposed to be in my same, have had my same experience, they, that people that have never lived abroad, they go into other places and they look at chaos. They don't see that there is order within people. People are able to organize themselves. You know, it may not look as pretty as fucking Anaheim that it was designed for, you know, bullshit, but there is order and, and masses of people live, you know, in alternative ways to the mainstream capitalist system, or at least they find workarounds, you know, to, to survive and, and, and live outside of this system, even though, the system still makes it really hard. And I guess, you know, that's kind of my hope, you know, that that's the way to resist, right? To go outside this system, to say, fuck your laws. I don't care about your fucking impositions, you know? And, and you know, because I know what you're up to. I know how you see life, how you see humanity. And, and so that's why, you know, it's much for me to learn, you know, just said a bunch of things that I, you know, I wasn't aware of, to be honest. And that's part of the process, right? That's what we talk about this thing. And that's why I want to connect it to Eduardo because like shaming is not going to work. You know, shaming is going to like, you should have known that or you're dumb or, you know, or you're just a dumb man. You know, like none of that will work. You know, we will have to have these tough conversations where we are corrected, where we gain knowledge. And, but we also have to come from a point where we realize that this shit is not working. This bullshit of called civilization is not civilized. It's fucking brutal, you know, and it's brutalizing people in every way and defending crumbs like Roe v. Wade. It's actually, you know, us setting ourselves up for an imprisonment, you know, in, 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 in you know, a delay of the, the fight that we must battle, you know, must uh, take upon, right? Like uh, to really undo this system and run things the way we've done it, the way humanity has done for thousands of years, right? When we had to improve some things, obviously, we have had to learn some lessons. But again, the lesson for me is that I, I don't care for this Western style of medicine. You know, it's not the only path. There's plenty of knowledge. You know, I, I truly believe that. And we need to rescue that in order to fight the system. That is, uh, that is very boxy, you know, and, 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 and the path of this system is very limiting. Just one quick thing, you know, the other reason that animates what I just said was that a coworker that, you know, was supposed to come work with me, but remember how we had the vaccine uh, anti-vax, quote unquote, um, episode? Uh, so his kid is in the hospital because he got an adverse reaction to a fucking vaccine for his baby. Mm. Mm. Um, well, I guess what I would say is I, I'm really glad we've done this episode. It's definitely, if, if you go back and listen to our old, I think we did two previous episodes talking about our support of a woman's right access to abortion and right to choose and control of her own body. Um, but this, this has been a different convert. Like 
and it's taken two years for me to arrive at a point where some of the things that Jessica raised before this episode and during this episode are like, yeah, I'm, I'm very much now much more pointed towards not just that Roe v. Wade is a crumb or Planned Parenthood is crumbs. They're actually part of the prison. They're part of the construction of a trap um, that are made to it. That, that is, in this case, structured primarily to attack women, but because it strengthens the state, it, it is an attack on us all because that same state will use those same forces and powers that it says that, we, that we, if we give it the right to control women over here and say, oh, you can or you can't by virtue of what the state says compared to what the woman herself says is is that she wants um, and then chooses to to make real for herself, um, then you then you give that state the right to do it to anyone. Um, and so we have to we have to fight that. Um, I will. So I'm really glad we've had this episode. I think, Jessica, if you weren't part of our group right now, I think this conversation would have just sounded different. So I, I, I just I'm really so glad you've joined What's Left. Um, I think I will take one issue with the way when I hear you say, look, at that moment when um, when a person's having like a woman's having a baby, you know, or that that's a that that's that's all women thing. I'm, I don't, there will be the woman having the baby, but like for me, if I was, you know, me and Brandy aren't going to have kids, but if it was me with Brandy, I would care about what that, about that moment. And I would care about it not to control it, but to say Brandy has to have whatever she needs to be comfortable, but I'm, I'm going to feel like I want to be part of that. And to, and to say, I'm not part of that, that, that actually seems not, and alienated in terms of the relations that humans have. Um, because I do think men have a stake in what happens with children. Like, I think it matters to them. And it matters, it certainly matters to me as a teacher. It matters to me if I don't have a kid, but it matters to me when I think of nieces and nephews. Um, so maybe I, I think I have a... Geez, can you hear my dog in the background? Oh, sorry. Well, yeah. Part of it too. Yeah, yeah. So Gizmo cares too. <laughs> he wants it. Um, but so that's the part, Jessica. And I'm not sure what you mean when you. Well, what I hear in that is to say men out, and I also want to say that we're not going to solve this unless women and men who care about equality and who care about justice decide to get on the same page and fight for it. Uh, and so what I what I hear in the, that part of it is that sort of divisive language that seems unnecessary and a little actually unhuman because it's not actually how we are. It's not like, oh, thank God all the teachers are women. So they are nice to the kids. It's like there are male teachers who are very nurturing and caring of children. And it wasn't because they had them because they didn't. So it's because they care about them because to love and to care is human. So that's the one thing I would take issue. I just want to clarify. I am not arguing that you men should not or cannot be part of the process, especially if it's, if you're the parent, um, I'm just arguing, which you just said, like it's in that scenario that it would be Brandy's choice of how to give birth 
you know, and what, what support she would need. And what I heard you say is I would want to be part of it in order to support and honor her in bringing life into the world. Right. And that's what we should. And I actually think that industrial obstetrics, um, I think it's really like gross the effect it has on men too. I mean, obviously like the bulk of the conversation revolves around uh, the trauma that women undergo, but I think it, it's very emasculating. Um, and I think it's part of even that whole dynamic we talked about last week with Dea about breaking families. Um, I think in a, in a healthy society, right? Like the woman would get to have the, the birth or, you know, whatever, whatever reproductive context would get to, I don't even want to say be empowered because empowered just doesn't fucking mean anything anymore. It's like code for some sinister shit, but you know, that, that, that she would be in her power. Right. And that that's a time for the woman to be honored and that it's actually, um, healthy and I don't want to use the, the, the gendery term, right? Like masculine, but that it, but that it would be right. Like whatever healthy, healthy masculinity. Um, I think we'd be living in a whole different society if, you know, women weren't giving birth, like, drugged on their backs with their feet in stirrups like they're about to be tortured and the and the man is sitting there waiting for the doctor to deliver the baby not for the woman to deliver her own baby but literally it's something that is done to her you know and and the same thing with abortion I mean however you feel morally about it it's a really intense thing to go through and I I think the way that it's treated even in the most liberally like your body your choice scenarios like the whole industrial system um you're an object you sign the form and then they do what they want to you um and then we won't go down this rabbit hole today but i mean the other part of the whole fourth industrial revolution is that embryonic um you know embryos stem cells cord blood placentas this shit is worth a lot of money um you know and it is and even just for a woman giving birth like in a hospital with no complications right um it's very difficult sometimes even to if she wants to take her own placenta home with her and that's not just like a surface level controlled thing it's worth money and it has to do with a lot of this transhumanist research and the whole big fertility industry and the artificial wombs and the, the research, right? It's not healthcare. Like research is always prioritized over healthcare when it comes to allocation of money, um, how this all goes down. So yeah, I guess that's can I come in? <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I my ex who um, my ex-partner, who is a doula, uh, she told me that very same thing about you're not able to have even 
the right to use your own placenta. You know, she was born at home here in San Francisco, and uh, and her um, the midwife of her mother um, was um, would they would take the placenta and then they would eat it. Um, that that this is her mother who would eat it, and that that's very common in many places. But here in the U.S. culture, it's like, oh my god, what? You know, it's like, but. I've heard lots of stories like that um, from my ex-partner and she has really enlightened me on those differences. And I remember in conversations we would privately have, not in a public forum like this, uh, it was strange for me to hear this person with very progressive views say, I just think that fundamentally is a difference between men and women around this. And that is something that you will never understand. I think that you can attempt to, but just being in my body, I've experienced things differently from you, Eduardo. And it that really didn't fit well with me. I didn't like it. I didn't. I thought she was kind of. So I don't know if there was. Now I feel like I'm reverting back to wanting to listen to more of that conversation. I'm not sure, but this conversation around uh, has inspired inspired is not the word um has evoked has sort of made me think twice have made me want to see where i'm where i'm at with all of it and maybe even have a conversation with her and uh and i was thinking too um you know i listen to kpfa and um i was listening to the interviews that were done for women that in 19 something 1960 something um that were about let me see pull up the tab here that were about the Janes. I don't know if you heard about the Janes that there's a film now even about the Janes in Chicago that were giving access to abortions to women. And it was started out by a student, I think. And the and the point is it's just like all of this uh underground networks of women taking up their dis their up on their own and to build, I don't know how else to call it, like mutual aid forms of being able to take care of each other because it was it was uh, obviously criminal to have an abortion and here it is um and so it just uh, so i really wanted to just end this by saying or like my, my at least my comments just folks can look at uh the jane collective which was formed in 1968 in chicago where when a college student and civil rights activist named heather both sought help finding a doctor to help desperate friend who needed an abortion and then um and then they created the janes um and so that I think was interesting. And I also listened to a podcast called The Reveal, and they were talking about the calculator uh, that is used on women to determine if you're going to have a C-section or not. And this is also another, uh, you know, another assault, uh, just way of people, the medical system that I, that's why I'm thinking about this, as you said, that it's like, how do you call it the how for a medical system that is supposed to help you supposedly when you have these calculators that were used that were originally intended to be used basically first on black people to see if they were being used on, on slave women, the father gynecologist, forget his name, but we're using these calculators in order to determine if men, excuse me, blacks or whites or any other race, uh, what were the percentages of being able to get, because they thought black women could withstand pain and then they thought black women don't know how to give birth, right? Because they don't have the right body lieutenant anatomy so they would make them take these tests right and if you're black or you're latina you would have the the level of you getting a c-section would just be the percentage of you would be up 
and you would just be determined and doctors would say, you know, we're going to have a C-section for you without really knowing their body or, 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 or not even asking them about their history or whatever. And so I was thinking about that as we we're talking about the, this industry this, or the, the institutions, how much, how it's been so invasive and determinant for un women's bodies, um, such as that calculator that was used, the reproductive uh, calculator. And even just our cultural thoughts or the way we think about mm, how much we put the responsibility on women and on, on, on like sex issues, for example, because I was listening to the BBC and there is a pill now, a reproductive pill, a contraceptive pill that is now being used, right? Um, and this pill, and they were interviewing lots of men and lots of men who don't want to take it. I was just thinking how culturally we've just allowed women to always take up that responsibility of making sure that they're the ones who are not going to allow for uh, women, you know, um, for, for a child to be born. They're not going to get pregnant. We put that onus on them. And yet here in the conversation is about life, but, and, and we talk about, or at least, you know, the conversation for the pro-lifers is that, you know, women should get, uh, sh should, uh, should, um, life, we, sh we should be taking care of life. But then when we talk about men taking these pills, most likely men are not going to take contraceptive pills because we always leave it, it's the onus is on the women to make sure that they don't get it to prevention. So we have so much pressure. So you're not allowed to get, um, you're not, you're not allowed to get an abortion. You're made to take these stupid racist and uh, sexist tests, and you're also made to be aware of it's your responsibility to make sure that you don't get pregnant because it's going to be uh, your fault if you didn't take care of making sure you prevented having um, being pregnant. So I'm thinking of how much all of these things intersect and how much it's just really, I'm aware of these things as, 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 as I'm thinking about all of the issues that we talked about. That's and it's not just responsibility, like for a lot of women, like a lot of women, hormonal birth control has side effects. Yes. And yeah. it's just like with COVID vaccines, right? Like it's completely normalized um, in inside the medical system and in the culture at large, that it's just, that's just fine. And some of them are very severe. Just gotta follow the science, right? That's what they say. Yeah. Trust the science, just get any vaccine, anything, doesn't matter. Drink any pills. It works on rodents, it works on you. you. Know, it, it's yeah. just, I guess this is a little, maybe deviates, you can cut it if you want, but it's, it's just, again, this just automatic trust in Western science and Western medicine. And like, that's, there's no, there's no accident. This country is so highly medicated, you know, like compared to other countries and, and it's just automatic. And, and also like on this issue of, you know, birth control and stuff, like it'll, you know, I, I agree with you, Eduardo, and like, I, you know, I definitely had conversations with friends about, you know, this topic. And, but I know that there was, for example, the possibility, or they were researching the possibility of injecting males in, in the, their testicles, you know, as a, and like, that also doesn't make it right. You know, more of the same bullshit doesn't make it right. You know, um, that's kind of the point I wanted to make. I have a closing reading when we're done, if people want it. You should do it, because I, I think this would be a good closeout. Okay, so it's just about a page. Um, 
So this is from The Handmaid's Tale. Um, and I just, I was thinking about it um, because, well, because so many liberals are just going crazy right now, screaming like, oh my God, it's Gilead. We're living in The Handmaid's Tale. You know, they're treating women as incubators. Um, and those people would be correct in some sense, right? Um, as we've covered, but I just want, I'm, I'm going to read this page and I, I just, I want people's memory to be jogged. Like if you've seen the show or you re read the book um, about how the Society of Gilead came to be. Um, so I'll just read like about a page. Let's see here. Okay. Um, okay. So mm -hmm. this is the main character. Um, and this is the, the background about a little bit about how America turned into Gilead. Okay. I, w I worked transferring books to computer disks to cut down on storage space and replacement co costs. They said, diskers, we called ourselves. We called the library a discotheque, which was a joke of ours. After the books were transferred, they were supposed to go to the shredder, but sometimes I took them home with me. I liked the feel of them and the look. Luke said I had the mind of an, anti of an antiquarian. He liked that. He liked old things himself. All those women having jobs. Hard to imagine now, but thousands of them had jobs, millions. It was considered the normal thing. Now it's like remembering the paper money when they still had that. My mother kept some of it, pasted it into her scrapbook along with the early photos. It was obsolete by then. You couldn't buy anything with it. Pieces of paper, thickish, greasy to the touch, green colored, with pictures on each side, some old man in a wig, and on the other side, a pyramid with an eye above it. It said, in God we trust. My mother said people used to have signs beside their cash registers for a joke. In God we trust, all others pay cash. That would be blasphemy now. You had to take those pieces of paper with you when you went shopping. Though by the time I was nine or 10, most people used plastic cards. Not for the groceries though, that came later. It seems so primitive, totemistic even, like cowrie shells. I must have used that kind of money myself a little before everything went on the CompuBank. I guess that's how they were able to do it in the way they did, all at once without anyone knowing beforehand. If there had still been portable money, it would have been more difficult. It was after the catastrophe when they shot the president and machine gunned the Congress and the army declared a state of emergency. They blamed it on the Islamic fanatics at the time. Keep calm, they said on television. Everything is under control. I was stunned. Everyone was. I know that. It was hard to believe. The entire government gone like that. How did they get in? How did it happen? That was when they suspended the Constitution. They said it would be temporary. There wasn't even any rioting in the streets. People stayed home at night, watching television, looking for some direction. There wasn't even an enemy you could put your finger on. Look out, said Moira to me over the phone. Here it comes. Here comes what, I said. You wait, she said. They've been building up to this. It's you and me up against the wall, baby. She was quoting an expression of my mother's, but she wasn't intending to be funny. Things continued in that state of suspended animation for weeks, although some things did happen. Newspapers were censored and some were closed down for security reasons, they said. The roadblocks began to appear, the identity passes. Everyone approved of that, since it was obvious you couldn't be too careful. 
They said the new elections would be held, but that it would take some time to prepare for them. The thing to do, they said, was to continue on as usual. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Lord. Jeez. <laughs> well, I have no idea what she's talking about. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't pass. Never heard of it. <laughs> yeah, just I'm glad we had this discussion today. It's good. Yeah. And I'll just quote from a tweet that I that I think we know someone who said this. Um, Stop asking for reproductive rights from your government, the medical industry, insurance companies, men, gods, or any abusive center of power. You need a permission slip. You need a permission slip from no one. And women have been having abortions with or without permission for thousands of years. You need knowledge and sisterhood. Two things systematically denied to women in the modern era. Take them back and then extend them to as many others as possible. Thank you, Jess, for that tweet. Make me follow Margaret Atwood. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was going to say it at the end, anyhow, but you decided to pull off the pull off the page. I was like, okay. <laughs> oh, thank and, you. And I will post the thing that Jessica, those things that you sent us about, yeah, you know, on yeah. And on this episode because I think it's worth people reading. All right. Well, that was a lively discussion. Um, that does it for this week's episode. Uh, <clears throat> What's Left is a weekly political podcast that channel challenging the mainstream left. We post information about our topics and our guests in the episode notes for you from this episode or on our blog at what-s-left.webinar.com. Uh, you can find past episodes to this podcast slash channel there and connect with us. I remind folks, if you like anything you have heard here, please uh, follow us. Uh, you can subscribe, re rate, review, turn on your notifications to any of our platforms on Spotify, iTunes Podcast, uh, Stitcher, Google Play, BitChute, Odyssey, YouTube, Rumble, Telegram. Uh, you can find uh, our blog and any of those links and stuff that we've talked about and those links that we've mentioned in the episode notes where we found this episode. And if you would like to give us feedback about something something you've heard or suggest something for us to cover, contact us through our blog. I'm Eduardo Barco with Propos Jessica, Kenny Cepeda, and Dilerson. Thank you all very much. Uh, and uh, we'll see you all next week. Well, they'll see you all next week. Ciao. <laughs>